Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Fat Man Little Trail, the podcast. We are on episode 13, and once again, I am blown away by the support that I've gotten on the uh, the podcast over the last uh, few weeks. Thank you very much for listening. If you do listen, make sure you uh, click that like and subscribe button, and if you want to write a review, feel free to do that as well. Um, it's been it's been a real fun journey. Last week, we had a great conversation with Matt Makins. This week, I'm by myself, uh, and hopefully, I'll entertain you for a few minutes. Um I had an interesting thing happen to me. I, I, a couple weeks ago, I talked about the entry system and the ticket system at Rocky Mountain National Park and how it is a, you know, it's kind of a work in progress. They're getting pretty good at it in year two now, but I learned something this week that I, that I failed to tell you last time. And I wanted to make sure that I pass that information on. What I learned is that at five o'clock the night before they will re-release tickets for the next day. Uh, if somebody's returned their ticket or, or something like that. And I was able to get a ticket. I logged in at like 5.02 and I didn't even know about this five o'clock thing. And there was a ticket available for five o'clock the next morning. And I think that's something that's important to know. If you have a flexible schedule or you know you're going to be free the next day to check at right at five o'clock to see if any of the tickets uh, become available again, because if it does give you the opportunity to go out and see a park that you're that you're not normally able to see or you haven't been able to get a ticket to that is a way that that you might possibly get a chance to see it and it worked out for me so that was really nice uh i was not prepared so it took me a second to to uh get all my gear put together and all that stuff and and make the quick turnaround to be back up at five o'clock in the morning um that five to seven a.m check-in time I thought I'd be the only one up there. I didn't get there until about six or so, but I got there around six o'clock and most of the parking lots were full. By the time I got up to the Bear Lake parking lot, I would say it was three quarters full by by around 6 a.m. Um, but I did have a chance to park and I did have a chance to have a really good time. And I'll talk about that in on the website and on my Instagram page. And I will talk about it, I'm sure, a little bit more uh, in this podcast uh, at a, at a later date when I get my thoughts together. The one thing I did want to talk about though, is, you know how there's always that animal that you want to see, at least for me, there's always been that animal that I've wanted to see out in, out in nature and out in the wild. And at first it was a moose. I didn't think moose existed. And I kept waiting around to see a moose. And then I finally saw my first moose. And then I don't really want to see a moose anymore because they're pretty terrifying. Um, I've seen moose a bunch of times now. I actually saw a mama moose and her two calves uh, on my last trip uh, up to Rocky Mountain. But what I saw this time was a bear. And I've wanted to see a bear in the wild for a while. And I was pretty excited to see it. But I didn't see it in the park. I didn't see it while I was hiking. I was driving up to the park and just leaving kind of that that kind of area between Estes Park and Rocky Mountain National Park. If you know what I'm talking about, there's like a couple of uh, shops and like shopping centers there and it's you know 5 45 in the morning and this bear comes running across the street right in front of me and my first thought was holy cow that's a bear my second thought was holy cow those things can run and it was one of the fastest like just jumped on all fours and just sprinted across the road and and um it was about as fast as a deer that i've seen running so i saw the i saw the bear I don't know that I want to see another bear, especially like face to face after seeing that display of how big they are and how fast they run. But it kind of started a debate because I didn't see the bear on a trail. I saw it while I was in my car driving into the park. I mean, it literally ran in front of me about, I don't know, 20 yards ahead of me. So 
I've had this conversation with a couple of, of my hiking friends, and I, I'd love for you to, to chime in. You can email me at fatmanlittletrails at gmail.com uh, with a comment if you have one on this. Does that count as seeing a bear in the wild if I saw the bear in my car before I got to the park? I'm voting yes because that way I can check it off my list and I don't have to go looking for a bear in the wild. Uh, a couple of my friends have said that absolutely counts. You know, you weren't, it's not in a zoo, so it's in the wild. Some people said, no, it doesn't count because you have to be hiking. You have to be out of your car. You have to be on the trail and see one to make it count. So I don't really know how I feel about it. I just know that, uh, I was happy to see it and it kind of shocked me. And I think that, I think that I count, I think I'm going to, going to check it off the bucket list. Um, the, the only real animal that I have left to see is a mountain lion. And I definitely do not want to see one of those, um, for any reason. So give me your thoughts, send me an email, let me know what you think about whether or not that counts as a bear sighting in the wild. I'm going to go with yes, but I don't want to influence your vote at all. I just won't read your emails if you disagree with me. That's not true. I'll probably read more of them if you disagree with me. Um, the next thing that I want to talk about, and this became a thing uh, on my hike, and it's, I'm going to call it estimations. We all go out and hike and, and we look at a map beforehand or we, um, I use the All Trails app to, to get my information uh, before I go out on a hike. And, but then you always, you know, you run into people on the trail and it's one of those where you're like, hey, you know, how much farther do I have to go? And I have to say, everybody's terrible at it. I'm terrible at it. I think everybody who tries, they everybody's heart is in the right place, but everybody is terrible at it because I was I was doing my hikes in in Rocky Mountain and I actually took the wrong direction and I wanted to go uh, to Mills Lake and I ended up going up to like Dream and Gem and or Dream and Emerald Lakes and. So I was trying to like go backwards and, and like retrace my steps and figure out how long it was going to take me because my estimated map said it was going to be eight, I think it was eight miles out and back, but I'd gone on this other trail and seen these other three lakes. So now like my estimates all over the place. Um, and I was trying not to check my map so much because it, it ended up being an eight hour hike and draining my, my battery. So I would see people on the trails and I would be like, Hey, how far away are we? Oh, yeah. You're three quarters of a mile to the lake. Okay, great. That's no problem. I can do that. And then the next person I say, they're like, no, you're no more than two miles away from the lake. I'm like, well, okay, hold on a second. How did I walk closer but get further away? And, I, you know, I'm terrible at it. I, I've I've had people ask me and they're like, oh, how far am I? I'm like 171 yards, you know, because if you're going to make it up, you might as well just have some fun with it. Um, but, you know, it really can get you into into some interesting situations. And it got me into one of those situations as well. But this one was a little bit different because it was a, it wasn't a ranger. I, I think it was a wildlife resource um, manager. I think is what he said uh, his name was, and you know he was in the in the full uniform, and his job was to go around and check campsites and make sure that people, you know, were obeying the burn bans and they were cleaning up after themselves and they knew the rules. So he kind of hiked around the park, and checked all of the, the campers and the, and the um, you know backcountry people there. So I ran into him and I was like, oh, hey, you know, I've already done like seven miles on this hike. How much further is it out to Black Lake? And he goes, it's two and a half miles and there's no more elevation gain. It's just a flat walk. 
So I'm thinking in my head, I'm like two and a half miles with a flat walk. I can do that. You know, flat is good for me after, you know, I'm on mile number seven, mile number eight. And I've already had, you know, I think it was like through 2000 feet of elevation gain that I'd already done. So a flat walk <laughs> sounded real good. And I was really ready to do that. And I wanted to see one more lake. I'd seen six and I wanted to see one last lake. Um, the more I talk about this, man, I saw six lakes. This was a great little hike. Uh, I'll have to get that posted on the website real soon. So uh, make sure you check back for that. But anyways, going back. So, so I'm like two and a half miles of flat. I can do that. So I start heading down and it's, it, it was actually better than I thought because it was, it actually started heading down. So I'm descending down and I'm just thinking to myself like, Oh, this is great. I'm going to make this. And then all of a sudden I start walking upwards. I start, the terrain starts, you know, ascending and, and climbing up and it's starting to get really rocky and really primitive in the back kind of the back of of rocky mountain national park there you know everybody stops at mills lake so the trails aren't as well used and now i'm like okay now i'm walking up these these rudimentary steps i'm walking up rocks i'm and and i'm about 800 miles or 800 miles 800 feet higher than than what this this ranger guy or wildlife resource whatever his title was told me i was gonna be and i was like okay it's still not that bad you know i've made it this far and i'd gone about a mile and a half two miles and i run into this other guy guy by the name of keith on the trail and i was like man do you know how much farther it is to black lake and he goes no you know it's probably about a mile or so you're getting a little closer and I go, but there's no more, there's no more climbing, is there? And his eyes got really big and really wide. And he turned and he looked at me. And then he looked over at the, um, where I was headed, which is where, where Black Lake was. And he goes, you see where those tree, the, the tree line stops? You see where that ledge is? You see where the waterfall's coming down? The lake's above that. Well, this was about another thousand feet above where I'd already gone. So what the guy told me was a flat hike turned out to be about 1800 feet of elevation gain additional. The estimate of two and a half miles was probably close. Um, what he told me, but it's the 1800 feet of elevation at the end of the day. That becomes a thing that becomes a, a really discouraging thing. Um, plus with, you know, I have a I have a physical ailment where I can't scramble, so I can't use my hands when I hike. Uh, so everything has to be be relatively flat, or be able to to get up on just my two feet. So when I looked at that, and I looked at the rocks that I was going to have to basically shear vertical up, which I can't do, and I just thought to myself, I'm out here in the middle of this primitive area of the park where there's not very many people. Keith was a a, a long lens photographer, and he was taking pictures out there. And he was the only one I saw. And I was just like, now I'm in trouble. Because immediately I go back to thinking about that giant bear I saw run across the street at the other end of the park. And I was like, I hope his brother doesn't live out on this side. And I turn around, I start heading back. Because at that point, I, I you know, I, I couldn't do it. And I knew I couldn't do it. And I was disappointed because I'd gone like two miles out into this primitive area. Again, my estimates are as perfect as everybody else's on the trail. So let's just say I went, you know, two miles out uh, of extra of extra walking and you know I'm a, I'm a hefty hiker so an extra two miles uh, and an extra 800 feet of elevation gain get a little tricky so then we're coming back and every every time i see a sign it says that the trailhead is is a half a mile away not just the first sign not just the second sign 
It was like three signs in a row that said I was still a half a mile away. And I couldn't figure out what was going on until I realized that the map that all trails had was sending me to a different trailhead than the trail that I was on, even though the drawings were the same. So I, it ended up being what I thought was going to be a, like a seven and a half mile hike ended up being about a 12 mile hike with about 2,500 feet of elevation gain, uh, which was a little bit more than I was, I was prepared for. And I love it. And I'm going to keep asking people every time how, how much further they think something is because just the estimates have now become a, you know, a kind of a running joke for me when I'm on the trail and, you know, somebody will say, Oh, it's a half mile. Oh, it's four miles. And I've noticed that the more in shape somebody is, the shorter they think it is like, you know, Oh, I run marathons. So that's only about, you know, 200 yards away. And then, you know, a guy like me who's a, who's a bit bigger is like, that's, that's probably about five miles. And really it's, you know, a half mile away. Um, but those estimates just, uh, it, it, there's an old saying, trust but verify, and I think that's what we all have to do when we're out on the, the trail. Listen to it, use it as part of your advice, but don't believe every estimate that you hear when you're out there hiking. So that was my my big stories about the uh, Rocky Mountain National Park. I've only been there, even though I live in, in Denver, I've only been to Rocky Mountain. I think this is my third or fourth time up there. Um, it's a great park, it's so busy, so many people there. Um, and it's very rocky, as the name will say. I, I wrote a fun little article uh, or blog post on my website at fatmanlittletrail.com uh, about ankles. And I don't want to get into the whole thing here because, um, you know, you can only say so much on here. Uh, but the ankles were, I compared ankles to chihuahuas and all of the joints in your leg to, to uh, dogs. So keep an eye out for that. It's called Joints. It's on Fatman Little Trail right now. Um, basically... The ankles are going to scream at you when you're walking on those rocks, man. Every time you you take a step, I don't think there was a flat step I took for the entire 12 miles or between tree roots and rocks and pebbles. And even the flat trails are, are turned in some direction that make you realize that, uh, or that your ankles make you realize are not flat. So, but Rocky Mountain's great if you get a chance to get out there. Just be ready for crowds and be ready for... Um, distances that may be a little bit longer than you're expecting so that was my trip to rocky mountain uh this week i still think that i saw a bear i did see a moose i did see an elk um there's a big bull elk who was cr- actually i was in the car for that one too he was eating his breakfast as i was driving up around you know 6 a.m and he decided to eat by the side of the road and i i stopped the car and he decided to kind of stand in the road for a few minutes and block me out and then he moseyed on past and had another bite and kept on moving. So, uh, it's great to see animals like that. It's great to see, especially if you go in the morning, uh, later in the day, they, they tend to get higher in elevation, but in the mornings, uh, there's a real good chance of seeing, uh, moose for sure. Um, elk bears, not as much, but the occasional bear. Um, I saw some deer too, some, some young, some young bucks out there. Uh, so that, that was my trip to Rocky mountain and it's great. And if you have a chance, uh, check it out. And if you are looking for a ticket and you, you haven't been able to find one, check those, uh, five o'clock, uh, reissues of, of the passes for the next day. If you're able to go, you know, let's say it's a, a Wednesday and you've got Thursday off work and you, you can check at five o'clock on Wednesday night and see if you can get a ticket for Thursday morning. Uh, it's the way I got in and I was really happy that I did and, and had a really good time. So, uh, the next segment we have here on the show as I move through my notes, is the fat man's favorite, the hike of the week. 
Uh, this week I want to talk about the Great Sand Dunes uh, National Park. And the the main hike at Great Sand Dunes is, uh, I think it's the Great Dune Hike, um, but it's the one to get to the top of the dunes. Uh, Sand Dunes Na- National Park, if you've never been to that one, is also a really amazing place because you're in the middle of the Rocky Mountains, and you've got these tall, you know, Rocky Mountains around, hence the name. And then all of a sudden, there's these giant sand dunes. And there's all sorts of fun mysteries and conspiracies about what caused those sand dunes. And I won't get into that. Maybe that'll be a blog for another day. Um, but these giant sand dunes are there. And the hike to the top is a three-mile hike. And so looking at your, you know, your apps or whatever, planning out, you're like, three miles. And I think it's 1200 1300 feet of elevation gain so not you know really not that bad at all and then you get out there and you start walking on the sand and you realize that it's like walking through soft snow uh you know you're post holing in sand you, you might as well have snowshoes but i don't think the snowshoes would do you any good they just sink and get stuck and so every step you take you're you're sinking and then, then the next step might be solid sand and then the next step might be soft again and it's just one of the most unique places that you'll ever be, and the views are constantly amazing. Uh, seeing, pe- you know, turn your back and you see peaks behind you, and then look ahead, and you might as well be in the middle of the desert somewhere where there's nothing but sand in front of you. The day I went, I went in the spring, and the little river wasn't running yet, uh, which comes uh, with a snow melt a little bit later in the spring and in early summer. And I was walking up this. There's no real trail, so you just kind of try to find your way, you know, a good path up the, the sand dunes. And as I moved up the sand dunes, the wind started coming. And man, this wind was blowing probably 50, 60 miles an hour, probably 100, going back to my estimates, it was probably 120 miles an hour. And I was just getting sand everywhere. Sand was blowing so hard that it made my Fitbit watch completely stop. Like there was sand so embedded into the watch that it was just done and, and it wouldn't work anymore. Uh, I had sand all over my eyes. Uh, I pulled sand out of places for about a week after that. And I was completely, you know, head to toe covered. And I had a, a neck gaiter on, a cool neck gaiter on. So my face was covered. I had sunglasses on trying to block out the sand. And I was still like getting sand in my ears and like down my back. And it got so windy and, and blowing so hard with the sand that there were times where you couldn't even see. It was like a whiteout condition in sand, which I hadn't I hadn't seen. Now, granted, I don't spend a lot of time on beaches or in the middle of the Mojave Desert. But it was still a fun experience uh, for me. Um it was miserable. I, I didn't make it. I didn't finish. It was, you know, one of those hikes that I have to go back and do again and try to finish again because I just couldn't get it done this time, which was a little disappointing. Uh, but it was magnificent just seeing all of that area. Uh, it's also one of those uh, designated dark night places where you can go and camp by the dunes and see more stars in that area than, than pretty much anywhere else in the country. Uh, so if you get a chance, to go to Great Sand Dunes National Park. I highly recommend it. Um, Just be prepared that that hike that is a nice, easy three-mile hike is not a nice, easy three-mile hike and may take you uh, pretty much all day and wear you out pretty good. Uh, The fun thing, too, was seeing the kids that would bring their sleds up there and were sledding down, although on that day it was so windy, they did it like once and then ran back to the car. But Great Sand Dunes is great. Uh, About four hours from Denver, if you're driving and it's just one of the coolest places that you'll ever see just that 
the difference between the rocky terrain and then that sand is absolutely fascinating. But that is my hike of the week. Give it a shot if you have a chance, if you're down in the area. Spend the night if, if you're a camper. It's a great place to camp. Um, and spend the night and check it out. Well, that will wrap up episode 13 of Fat Man Little Trail, the podcast. Like I said, I really am blown away by the support uh, that I've gotten over the last uh, few weeks since we, we've done the return of the podcast, and I appreciate uh, all of that. If you can, um, if you like this, go ahead and, and hit like, hit subscribe. Uh, I'll keep putting them out there as long as people keep listening to them, and probably after that as well. And I would love it if you could follow me on Instagram and Facebook, Fat Man Little Trail there as well, um, kind of on all the social medias. Uh, TikTok, although I don't really know how to do TikTok yet. Um, but give me a follow on all of those. Instagram is the one that I spend the most time on. And if you're going to message me, that's probably the best place to do it. Or email me at fatmanlittletrails with an S at gmail.com. Um, there's also a way to support if you want to support financially and, and donate to the, the podcast. You're also welcome to do that. There's a, a, um, a link on my bio that uh, makes that available to you as well. Like I said, I appreciate all the support and any support, uh, especially, you know, liking and following on, on all of those platforms would be great. Uh, hoping to get another uh, podcast out to you next week, working on some more guests as well. I thought that went really well. So we'll continue uh, that effort. And until then, I hope to see you all on the trail. Until then, happy hiking. <laughs>